Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, take and notes. builds your faith. Take notes. Enjoy take the podcast. Notes. Take out your Bible. If you got a Bible with you, you got an e-Bible, take out your e-Bible. Uh, if you got your Bible, we're going to be in one passage today. It's Matthew 22. We'll get there. We'll come back to it. But let me ask a question today. How many of you remember falling in love? Yeah? Okay. Some of you are like... Oh, God, I don't know, okay? Uh, Falling in love, it's a crazy feeling, y'all. It's crazy. It's a crazy experience. You think to yourself, how can I not live with this person, right? Like, I need him, I need her. How many of you want that feeling again? You're like, I need him again, or I need her again, All the married people, you are sad people right now, okay? Come on, work with me here, all right? It's a crazy feeling. You think, I can't live without this person? You think, legal or illegal, I'll do anything to be with this person, amen, okay? You lose all touch of reality, okay? You stop caring about what any people that are very close to you and love you very much think, okay? Their whole entire life, they've looked out for you, and you're like, they're the dumbest people in the world now, okay? right? When you fall in love, your world goes crazy. And I remember the first time that I fell in love. It was at Open Bible Youth Summer Camp. I was 13, y'all. Okay, 13. And I was Tiffany, and she was 15. Yeah, somebody, come on. She was 15. She was a little more developed than I was, let's just say, at the moment, okay? And I fell in love. Okay, I remember at youth camp, we'd have summer nights. It would be like hot in the day, cold at night, and we would all wear these crew neck sweatshirts. How many remember the Michael Jordan cologne back in the day, okay? I would put about a pound of it on me, okay? I mean, you could smell me for a mile, okay? And, and I came one night, and she didn't have a crew neck, and she was like, I'm cold. And I'm like, I'll be cold for you in Jesus' name. Here, here is my crew neck. You can have it, okay? And I remember at this camp, we had this one rule. And I still don't get it today, but the one rule, the main rule of the camp was no riding the deer, okay? It was a very interesting rule, okay? But that was a big rule, no riding the deer. But I was like, if she's a deer, I want to ride her, okay, in Jesus' name. This is love, amen? Okay, this is love. Listen, some of you acting all righteous and holy right now, okay? Don't even trip for a second, okay? This is what love is, okay? And I was in love. I remember we got back home, right? She started sending me letters. How many of you remember letters in the mail, okay? Because she lived out of state, I'd get letters with her perfume on it, kisses on it. I mean, I would just kind of like softly cry and smell the, smell the letter, you know what I mean? How many of you remember being on phone, like on a telephone, not a cell phone, but a telephone for hours with somebody to the place that you fell asleep on the phone, like drool coming out of your mouth, and then you get the phone bill, and it's like $300. How many of you remember long-distance bills like that, okay? Hey, man, this was rough times back in the day, okay? These were rough there was no FaceTime. I remember, I remember when me and Jess date, I had to buy like phone gift cards to call her because we were out of state. But I was in love, okay? Until what? Until I was no longer in love. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? 
And this good thing came, came to an end. Now listen, how many of you know that wasn't the last time that I would fall in love, right? Because then there was um, Jenny, the freshman, when I was an eighth grader, I called her the makeout queen because she wanted to make out at her locker every day. And remember, when you're in love, you don't care what other people think. I was that person, okay, all right? I was that person you all judged growing up in school. Like, I can't believe this is happening. I was like, all right, I'm in for it, man, right here, right now. So we had Jenny, and then we had Missy, and then we had Lindsay, and we had Rachel, and then we had Sad Paige, Sad Paige. She was super hot, but she was just a sad person, and I just couldn't be with a sad person because she was just taking my level down, and I had a different level, okay? So I had to get rid of her. And then there was Amy, and then there was Crazy Amy, and then there was Amy's little sister. And then there was another Amy. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? I like some Amy's, all right? And then by the grace of God, it all came to an end when I met this beautiful, amazing Pastor Jessica Workmeister at camp of all places. Where love started, love ended. I, we met at youth camp, somebody. Come on. I met my wife at Jesus camp. And when I met her, what happened? It was different. Right? This love was different. Because I was going to make a decision that was what? It was going to cost me my life. Remember last week I read out of Ephesians 5? Jesus says, hey, this is what love is. Love is, husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Meaning, what? Sacrifice. Lay your life down for her. I didn't completely understand it at the time, but I was making a decision that would change my what? My entire world. I was in love with her. Now, I am here to happily say a few weeks ago, we celebrated 19 years of marriage. 20's coming next year. I gotta buy her a new ring because the ring that I bought her when we got engaged was like $400 and it had like hearts on it and stuff and it was just awful. And she needs a new ring in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, this love, like I said, was a different love. It was a love that I had to do what? I had to choose over and over and over again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because when the Bible, when Jesus talks about love, he talks about it in these terms of what? Like sacrifice. Sacrifice is a choice that I make daily. Right, he talks about it in the terms of commitment. Commitment's a choice that I make daily. Right, so I've had to make this choice over and over again. So I decided to do some math. Could be dangerous, okay? But I figured out that Jessica and I have been together for 7,300 different days, okay? So on this table represents... 7,300 days, okay? I figured out the math, okay? I was at Target doing math, buying candy, okay? And now listen, we got a lot of different types of candy, right? So we got like Skittles, right? 
And we're going to throw these Skittles in here. And the Skittles represent what? They represent sweet days. Okay? All my married people know there's some sweet days. Amen? Thank God for the sweet, kind, beautiful days that you have together when you are in love. And, and they're good. And I, I, love, I love these sweet days. How many of you know, though, there are some, like, really sweet, like, tropical days? You know what I mean? Like... There's just some tropical days. You're like, man, thank God for the tropical days. They keep this marriage going. Amen. Okay. Right. So we're going to throw in, uh, we're going to throw in some tropical. Okay. Now I got a different type of candy here. I got inspired by the Holy Ghost in the candy aisle at Target. Okay. I found these Sour Patch Kids. How many of you know over 7,300 days, there are some sour days. This is some rough days. Some days that are just a little sour. You don't really want them, but, you know, they happen. They, they, they just happen. Now, how do you know this? That there are just some days that are just bad, horrible days that smell like dead fish. There's awful days, right? So you throw those in there, right? Mix, mix this all around. Some kid is salivating in the back right now, I'm sure, okay? And then there's these days that are just amazing days, right? Because what M&Ms, they do what? They melt in your mouth, right? It's just like, it's just so wonderful. They're just, they're just so great. And so, you know, we throw, we throw these days in, and, and what do we got? We got 7,300 days that I've had to do what? Just choose love over and over and over again. Amen? Now, here's the deal. How many of you know I don't have the luxury of picking what day comes tomorrow? It might be a sour day. It might be a fishy day. <laughs> Praying those days away. It might be a sweet day. Might be a tropical day. I don't know. Like the Flint tropics. Let's get tropical, okay? Right? I, I don't know. I don't know. Some of that just went over your heads, like a bunch of you, okay? I don't know what day it is, okay? But here's what I know. Based on biblical love, it doesn't matter what day comes tomorrow. Right? Because biblical love says. I'm not in it for my feeling or my emotion or how I feel that day. I'm in this for what? Because I made a choice. Because that's what real love is. So in me making a choice of real love, no matter what comes, I'm going to choose to what? I'm just going to choose to continue to sacrifice and not live by my feelings and I'm going to love you and I'm going to serve you and I'm going to care for you and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to help you and I'm going to cook and I'm even going to go so crazy to rub your nasty feet, okay? That's how, that's how crazy we're going to get, right? 
Because why? I've chosen love. So we're going to look at love today in a way that I believe is kind of different. Go with me to Matthew chapter 22, okay? Matthew 22. And I got to kind of hurry. It says, once there was a king who arranged an extravagant wedding for his son. On the day of the party it was set to begin, the servants summoned all who were invited, all the invited guests. But some chose not to come. So what's happening? We got God the Father, he's a king. He's setting up a great feast, a great wedding celebration for who? Jesus, his son, okay? Now, who is Jesus the son gonna marry? He's gonna marry the church, meaning who? You and I, okay? So God the Father is setting all this up. And it says he sends out invitation. And it says this, but some chose not to come. Verse four, the king sent out even more servants who informed the guests saying, come, the feast is ready. We're ready, we're ready to receive you. The oxen, the fatted calf has been killed. Everything is prepared. So come, come to the wedding feast for my son and his bride. But the invited guests were not impressed. One was preoccupied with his business. Another went off farming. Verse eight, the king said to his servant, the wedding feast is ready, yet those who have been invited to attend didn't deserve the honor. Why? Because they're rejecting Jesus. They're just rejecting Jesus. Verse nine. Now I want you to go into the streets and the alleyways, and I want you to invite anyone and everyone to come enjoy the wedding feast in honor of my son. What is this moment right here? This is the rapture of the church, okay? Jesus is coming back. I understand this. He is coming back, and he is coming back soon. Verse 10. So the servant went into the city and invited everyone to the wedding feast, good and bad alike. Can I get an amen for that, okay? Until the banquet hall was full of people, verse 11. Then the king entered the banquet hall and looked with glee over his guests. But he noticed a guest that wasn't wearing the wedding robe provided for him. What is this robe that is provided for him? It is the righteousness of Christ. It's his righteousness. It's his goodness that we get clothed in when we accept Jesus and live a relationship out with him. Verse 12, so he said, my friend, how is it that you are here and yet you are not wearing the wedding garment? The man was speechless. See, here's what's interesting. Everybody has such a strong opinion in this day and age of Jesus and following Jesus. I was at Zara the other day. I was checking out, and this young guy asked me, he said, hey, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, do you believe in that Jesus guy? I said, yeah, I actually do believe in that Jesus guy. And I told him, I said, we're in the middle of Zara. I said, I believe that Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He goes, well, I'm not for Jesus. I'm just for spirituality. Now, I hate to say this, and, and listen, I know it comes off harsh sometimes, but it's everybody's choice to accept. It's his choice. It's your choice. But God is making it really clear right now that they will have nothing to say someday. They'll stand before Jesus, and he'll go, where's your garment? And they'll go, well, I, I didn't want it. 
He'll go. And, and this is what he says, what will happen. Then the king turned to his servants and said, throw him into utter darkness. The Hebrew meaning of that is this, the lowest part of hell, where there'll be great sorrow, weeping and grinding of teeth. For everyone who was invited to enter came, but few responded. Okay, so Matthew 22. I'm going to help you. I'm going to tie this into love. I'm going to help us, okay? Is a picture of the heart of God. And Jesus is talking about how much he loves me and you. Now, listen, everybody always gets caught up on the very last part of the story, right? So I read a story like that, and everybody goes, oh, wow, not everybody goes to heaven, Oh, wow, there's a literal heaven and a literal hell. Everybody goes, oh, wow, there's a place of gnashing of teeth and, and crying and sorrow for, end, for eternity endlessly. And we get caught up on that. And we don't see the picture that Jesus is trying to paint for us. He's helping us to see a few things because we've got to understand something. In Hebrew culture, a husband, when he got engaged, he would go away, Okay. And what was the purpose of the husband to go away? He would go back to his father's house and he would add on to his father's house a wing onto his father's house to prepare for what? For his bride. So Jesus is saying, hey, I went back home. Listen, there is a great purpose why Jesus is back home right now. There's a reason why he hasn't come back yet. Because if he had come back, that means he would be done building homes. But the reality is he's not done. There are more people to come into Jesus' kingdom, into God's kingdom. So he went back home to his father to do what? To build homes for who? For us. He's preparing for us. He's preparing a feast. He's preparing a party. He's getting ready to do what? To marry who? The church, his bride, meeting what? Me and you. This is why he went back home. Now, God the Father built a great kingdom, right? And in his kingdom, there is peace and joy and grace. And I can't wait to get home someday where there is no pain. I played basketball the other day. There was a lot of pain the next day. <laughs> a lot of pain. I can't wait to get home. Why am I saying home? Because this is not my real home. This is not my real home. Heaven is my real home. I want to get home where there's no sorrow. There's no more tears. There's no more pain. There's no sorrow. There's nothing sad, man. We're with Jesus. We're at the great feast with him. So God the Father creates this. He creates this moment for his son. And then what? The Holy Spirit's job is to do what? To go out and to reveal... God's plan for mankind. Now, we just talked about this. People can reject God's plan. It's free will. But Jesus is talking about love in a completely different way than we typically see. So today I have one point, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day. There's just one point. I, I can handle one point. Okay, one point. We're going to talk about Jesus' definition of love. I'm going to give you the definition. It's marriage. 
It's marriage. So what am I saying? There's a great difference. Matt, you can bring that stuff up. There's a great difference between like and love. So earlier when I was talking about falling in love, I really should have said what? I like these people. I didn't love these people. Because there's a tremendous difference, right? So like this. Okay. Thanks, bud. I like golf. Anybody else like golf? Come meet me today. 5.30 tonight, Yankee Trace. I'll be there, okay? I like golf. I like it a lot. I have fun with it. It's a good time. It's beautiful. It's relaxing sometimes when I'm not angry and wanting to throw my clubs somewhere, you know? But it's beautiful. It's awesome. And I really, 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 really like it, right? I like basketball. Grew up basketball. I enjoy playing basketball. Even, you know, like I called my friend the other day. He was like, hey, what are you doing? I said, I just played basketball. He goes, you are way too old to be playing basketball, okay? Like, like real basketball. And I was like, I know, but I love it. I not, not love it. I said, I like it. I, lo- I, really, I really enjoy it. I've played it my whole entire life, right? Okay? Uh, I really, really, really like basketball. How many of you know this? I really, really, really like the Chicago Bears, especially last night. My man, Justin Field, balled out. Sorry, all you Cleveland Browns fans, okay? My dude had a night back in Ohio last night. Three touchdowns, and I know it's the preseason. Don't be hating on me because it's preseason. I'm excited, okay? I, I really, really like the Chicago Bears. So there's these things that I really, really like. I really like movies. I really like my truck. I really like a lot of different things, okay? I remember when Jessica and I were dating. She found a letter. Um, her mom actually gave her a box of just old stuff. How many of you have ever gotten a box of old stuff? And it's just the cringiest stuff, okay? You're just like, good God, I thought I forgot about all those things. And, and she found this letter in there that I had wrote her back when we were dating, okay? And like going back into my mind of 20 years old is just the saddest and cringiest place ever, okay? And at the end of the letter, it said, it said what? What did it say? I really like you. Yeah, I really like you. Isn't that, isn't that sweet? Come on. So sweet. So I really like you. I'll tell you this. If there was one thing that I had come to the reality of when we started dating was this. I knew that love didn't mean just saying, I love you. Love meant I'm committing my life to you. So I told her, I'll never say I love you until I put a ring on your finger. And I know it sounds cheesy, But remember, I had fallen in love a bunch of times. But I came to the place that there was a difference between like and love. And now I was saying, hey, if I put a ring on your finger, I'm committing my life to you. Because why? Because I love you. So I would end like every phone call like, I like you. Isn't that the dorkiest thing ever? (laughs) I like you. Right? 
we, you know, we lived in different states and we'd say goodbye, give her a kiss. I like you. And I finally said, I love you. Why? Because I put a ring on her finger. It was a commitment. Because I understood that like and love are very different and understood that the biblical definition of love and the, bib, and the idea that the world has of love. You know, like, I mean, I hear people say, and, and, and I get it, like, man, I just love Starbucks. I'm like, you love Starbucks? Like, you are committed to Starbucks for the rest of your life? Even if they change the type of, you know, uh, uh, pump that they put in, that, that, that caramel, even if they change that, you love that, like, you'll be with them for the rest of your life? Like, love? See, we have a very skewed perspective. Biblically, love is very different. Let me show you this, okay? Ephesians chapter 2. Verse four it says, but God is so rich in mercy. Thank God that he's got a lot of mercy for us. He loved us so much. This is how much God loved me and you and everybody in the entire world. That even though we were dead because of our sin, what does that line mean? Dead in our sin. It means this, we were completely separated from God. Do you understand this? Outside of the cross of Jesus Christ and what Jesus accomplished on the cross, there was no way to God the Father. Remember, we're talking about going home. There was no way home. There was no pathway home outside of Jesus Christ. But it said, even though before, even before we could make that choice, Jesus gave his life and was raised from the dead. So even before you have the opportunity to choose Jesus, God was so good to you. He was so kind to you. He was so rich in mercy. He made a ultimate commitment to you. Right? We're talking about commitment. He made the ultimate sacrifice for you. He said, I'm going to give you my son. You're not worthy of it. You don't deserve it. I know you'll turn your back on him. I know there'll be days that you say you love him and there'll be days that you'll live for yourself, but I'll be, I'll be different. I'll commit to you. I'll show you what faithfulness is. I'll show you my mercy. I'll show you my kindness and I'll sacrifice my son for you. See, there's a very different picture of love right there. God goes, hey, this is what love is. It's commitment. It's sacrifice. And I'm making this to you. So the reality is this. I like golf, right? I don't love golf. Amen? Right? Because guess what? I'll give up on golf all the time. I'll have a bat around, and I just won't play for a couple weeks because I'm just mad at the golf course. <laughs> right? It's like I break up for a couple weeks, and then, you know, it sucks me back in. I like golf. I don't love golf. I'm not committed to golf. I mean, the reality is this. Like, if I really want to play golf on a day off, but 
I need to spend some time with the Lord. What's getting cut? Golf. I'm not in love with golf. Right? How about this? I like the Bears. I mean, I really like the Bears. I mean, like, I like the Bears so much that I lose my salvation on most Sundays watching the Bears, okay? All right? I promise you, okay? But how many of you know this, that when the Bears were awful, I mean, we were awful. We were terrible last year. Like, we were garbage, okay? I, I quickly said, enough of the Bears. Let's ride with the Bengals, right? Let's ride with that who day. Right? Why? I'm not, I mean, I, I really like the Bears. But I'm not committed, committed to the Bears, right? Like, if they stink, man, I'm not, I'm not wasting my time, right? I'll watch Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase do their thing, right? I mean, I like basketball. I really, really do. Like, I like it to the extent that, like, it's a family thing. You know, like, Michael just didn't have a choice growing up. I didn't care. He was like, I want to play soccer. I'm like, nope, we're playing basketball. I want to play baseball. Nope, we're playing basketball. This is what we do. I, I mean, um, Luke said to me uh, the other day, he was like, what, you, what sport was he? Oh, he said something about gymnastics. And I was like... No, nope, we play basketball. Now, here's the truth, though. I don't love basketball. And because I don't love basketball, we were able to make the decision when Michael came to us and said, hey, Dad, I don't want to play basketball anymore. I, I want to lead worship. I want to do what I'm called to do. Like, yeah. Why? Because we don't love it. We're not committed to it. See, I like all these things. I don't love all these things. And what am I ultimately saying? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. These things don't have my heart. But the question is this, and it might not be these things for you, but do things have your heart? Like, do you love them? Do they make you obsess about them? Because here's the deal. When you love something, it changes you. Can I get an amen? It changes you. It changes how we think, right? So when I'm in love with Jessica, I think, what would make her happy? That's what love would say. Changes the way you think. Love changes the way you live. You no longer live for yourself. It's not all about you. It's about what other people need and what other people want because you're in love, right? It, love changes the way you interact with people, right? Like, I, I just don't, you know, hang out with women anymore. Can I get an Amen. You know, like, I, listen, I love every woman in our church, you know? But, like, there's a reason why 
I don't typically talk to you about deep emotional things outside of your husband, husband being next to you. I'm a good pastor, right? <laughs> right? I'm going to send you to Jess. Because love changes the, in, the way that I interact with other women now. Because I'm committed to her. Love changes the way I handle life. How I handle stuff. How I handle my money. How I, you know what I mean? Like, when, when we get married, it is no longer my stuff. It's our stuff. Right? It's no longer my money. You know? She spends money at Target all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not my money. It's our money. Right? See, love changes everything. It changes. When you're in love, where am I going with this? When you're in love with Jesus, it changes your entire world. It interacts with everything. So sometimes when I don't see those interactions changing in people's lives, you have to ask the question, are you in like with Jesus or are you in love with Jesus? Because Jesus makes it really clear what he's after. And I'm going to just say this. The American church has done a really poor job of representing what true relationship with Jesus is. Jesus views it as marriage. Will you marry me? Will you marry me? And it's so interesting because if you go to other nations and you go to other cultures, when they're making decisions, when you're in the Middle East and you're making a decision to accept Jesus, you're making a decision to put a death threat on your life. So this is, this is oh, no, no, no. I'm marrying my life to Jesus now. I'm in love with Jesus. To what? To death. I said this at ManFest. I'm so thankful we live in America. I'm so thankful that we live in this free nation and we're able to have service the way we do today. I can't guarantee you it'll be like that 20 years from now. I said to the guys in our church, are you ready to go to prison for Jesus someday if you had to? I will. I, I will. I love him. I love him more than what? My own life. I love him more than what makes me feel good. If it really comes down to it, this is the relationship that Jesus, this is what Jesus is talking about, love. He said, can you make this commitment? Can you make this choice day after day after day after day to serve me, to follow me? Now, here's the good news. Okay, Ray, you can come on up. Here's the good news. Jesus has done all the hard stuff. This is really good news. You're all looking sad at me right now, okay? This is good news. Jesus has done all of the hard stuff. Romans 8, verse 1 says, There is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. Meaning what? All guilt, all shame, all condemnation goes away when we are in love with Jesus and we have this relationship with him. He takes it all. Takes away all your shame, takes away all your guilt. The other day I was praying and I was just thanking God. I was like, God, 
I am such an idiot. I have so many years of mistakes and failures and, and just missteps and, and moments that I chose selfishness and moments that I wasn't obedient. But you've been so gracious and you've been so kind and so merciful to still take me and to get me to where I am today. And I was just like, I was just overwhelmed by that. I mean, just overwhelmed by it. And I'm just so overwhelmed that he's taking all the guilt. He's taking all the shame. Amen? Verse 2. And because you belong to him, meaning Jesus, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit in my life that tells me, hey, hey, don't touch that. Hey, 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 that's going to mess up your marriage. Hey, don't talk to that person that way. Hey, apologize to that person. Hey, hey, do this. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. It's leading me to life. That's his job, is to lead me to life. Verse three, love Moses wasn't able to save us. Remember we talked about law last week? Religion won't save you guys. It may make you feel good for a minute, but I promise you, it won't save you. It won't help. It'll actually just make you feel more condemned because you're never good enough. And in religion, it's all about you and what you can do and what you can provide. And you can't do enough. So God did what the law couldn't do. He sent his son in a body I never want to get that twisted. Jesus was a man. He was a human, just like us. Please understand that. He put on flesh. He gave up his seat to come to earth, to put on flesh, because that's how much he loved you, because he wanted to know what you go through. He wanted to know what anxiety felt like. One of my favorite places in the Bible is Jesus in the garden. He is begging his father for a different way. He is so emotionally torn up. He is so fearful. He is so scared. And he is literally begging God, is there any other way? The father goes, no. He goes, your will, not mine. I just love that Jesus knows what that feels like. That he knows what anxiety feels like. He knows what pain feels like. He knows what loss feels like because he put on flesh. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by his son sacrificing him. He did this so the just requirements of the law would be satisfied for us. Jesus didn't do it for him. He did it for us. He did it for you. He said, there's no other way to my father's house. Remember Matthew 22? He's home. There's a reason why Jesus is home right now. He's home. He's building rooms for me and you. I can't wait to see my room. 
can't wait to be. I love this life, but I don't love this life. You know, me and Pastor Ryan, he took me to Indiana to pick up my, my new truck a few weeks ago. And he goes, are you so excited about this? I said, yeah, but I said, I really am not. It's just a, it's just a truck. I said, I can't explain this. I don't know how to explain this. But when you can get to the place in your life where you go, it's just a thing. It's just a tool. It's just, it's just something. I don't love it. I love Jesus. I love him. I love his presence. I love being with him. You know, there's these weeks, like this last week was so busy. It was just one of these weeks that just demanded my time from sunup to sundown. And I get, I get testy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I get testy until what? Until I get to spend time with Jesus. And I'm testy because I'm frustrated that all these things are taking my time and my energy. I want to spend time with him because I enjoy him. So Jesus did all the hard stuff. And then the Holy Spirit, John chapter 16, verse 13 says this, when the spirit of truth come, he'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but tell you what he's heard. Heard from who? God the Father. And he'll tell you about the future. So how beautiful is that? That Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you this, this spirit. And I'm going to put it inside of you. And the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you truth. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit knows what you need to do in this season right now? Please hear me on that. He knows what you need to do. He knows what, how to handle your finances. He knows how to, your job, your kids, your future. He knows. He, he'll lead you if you let him. He'll help you make these decisions. He won't leave you alone. Romans 5 verse 8 says, those who were dominated by the sinful nature Think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us to please the Spirit. So what is Jesus really after today? He's after your yes. Because he did all the hard stuff. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to make yourself righteous. You don't have to clean yourself up. As long as he gets your yes. Now here's the deal. Some of you have never said yes to Jesus before. Well, what a beautiful day it is today. You get to say yes to Jesus. Now for a bunch of us in here, we've said yes to Jesus, but the question is this, will you keep saying yes to Jesus? Right? Because can I just be really clear? A lot of times we just stop with the first yes. Will you accept Jesus? You go, yeah, I'll accept his grace. I'll accept his love. I'll accept his mercy. I'll accept his forgiveness, his kindness, his joy. I'll accept that. But then 
he comes and he goes, hey, you got a, you got a pride issue. It's kind of kind of sour. I'll take care of this pride issue, but can I have your yes? And that's the days we go, oh, I don't know if I love you. That's the days you got to go, okay. Help me to see life the way that you see it. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning? With every eye closed, if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, here's your wonderful opportunity. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're at one of the correctional facilities. And hey, if we can have no moving around, please, that would help so much right now. Please just kind of help us out with that. We're going to pray just a prayer as a family. Because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, that he is faithful to do what I just talked about. He'll forgive you. He'll bring grace. Now, here's the deal. There's a bunch of us. I just think that there's somebody in here today, too, that you once said yes to Jesus, but you just kind of walked away for a season. It's okay. Just say yes again. There's no guilt. There's no shame. He brings you back. We're going to pray this prayer together, all of us. And I want you to join in. And I want you to give Jesus your yes, and he'll do the rest. And he'll fill you with your presence and his spirit. And you'll start a new relationship. You'll start this marriage with Jesus. Come on, let's pray this. Say, Father. Come on, say this. Say, Father, I choose today. Jesus. I choose his love and his grace and I accept him as my savior. I put my hope, my trust in him. I say yes to marry you, Jesus. Now for the rest of us in here, I just want to encourage you, number one, that God really loves you. But the enemy is so good at twisting your emotions and getting you to believe that God is just frustrated and disappointed and upset and he disapproves of you. And it's just not the truth. But he is looking for the yes again. 